Hello guys, I hope that you're having an absolutely smashing day, whatever you're up to. Uh, today we have a great guest on Rob, um, so we do, and we're going to be tapping into Rob's story, we're going to be tapping into Rob's training journey, Rob's performance journey, and from this podcast you will get so many insights that you can't read online, you will get an insight to how to really push yourself, what's actually possible with your body, and you'll get an insight to Rob's mind and how he has achieved high levels of performance, high levels of results, and um, with his own journey and his own clients and things too. So yeah, listen up, get the notes out, let's fucking go. So Rob, how are you, dude? What an entrance, dude. What an entrance. Now I'm excited to be here, bud. Um, love it. I hope I live up to, to the hype that you've just uh, given me there. So excited to dive in. So I suppose, mate, like just to give the guy some context and to give him uh, an understanding of your world. Yeah, like tell us a little bit about your story, your training journey. What, what got you into training? Um, I think so. My journey, I've always always said that I started as the, the insecure skinny kid. Um, you know, the age of like... 16 lifeguarding and and stumbled across a gym um and i think like probably you know many guys hearing this i didn't reach out for help i just wanted to to crack in build some some massive arms um and they watch yeah that's all that's all i wanted to do i was just you you went into your safe space so i went over to some cable machines and i was like you know what i'm gonna do that i'll go on youtube and and that was me mate for a good you know four or five years of of making it up trial and error and trying to to build a body to hide my insecurity, I suppose, um, was the main driver for me there. Very sporty. I'd always played football, not to an incredible standard, to a to a, to an okay standard. So, um, I'm, if you had to describe yourself as a player, who would it be? Gonna, <laughs> I would I would say different to what my friends would say. My, my friends would say like Gary Neville. <laughs> That's <laughs> my friend, the right back. <laughs> I was. Shay, like, yeah. Even if it was anything attacking, just dirt coat, just running loads. <laughs> yeah, I lo- and to be fair, I you know I enjoyed that that era of football where actually tackling was was allowed, and actually with this day and age, I probably wouldn't even get in a Sunday league team because of trying to play out from the back and all that. But um, I was just lucky, I suppose, in a certain sense that I gravitated towards sport from a young age. So that was sort of my dare I say a little bit of identity all the way through uh, all the way through my life. Oh, and where are you now? Like, tell the guys a little bit some of the things that you've achieved. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I suppose I've always been cu- curious, is the word that I use all the time, right? So, after building the body to a certain degree, which was what I was happy with, it was then, okay, like, what's next? What can I do to really push myself? So, I've done all sorts of, you know, uh, the first, the, I suppose the first run that I did was called the Great South Run down in Portsmouth, which was a 10 miler. That then I got the bug for it. Went on to run um, the Brighton Brighton Marathon from there. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Like, what, what else can we do? So I trained for an Ironman um, just before. So this was the one in Nice. And then lockdown came in and I was so frustrated. I was like, I'm not giving up any of my hard work. So I decided to create the Ironman in the garden. So with this, I got a client's pull. Um, I pulled a squat rack from inside the studio where I am now, attached a bungee cord around so that I could swim on the spot. Um, had a turbo trainer in the inside of the studio and then ran around the garden for the 26 miles after that. Um, and then the greatest achievement dude, that was the, um, we call it the great British run, which was, was it 21 ultras, ultra marathons in 21 days, which was to raise awareness for calm men's mental health charity. 
Um, and also, yes, the, from the charity side, but also I'm just, I love pushing what we think is possible. Like we, you know, boundaries, let's, let's go against them. So that's, um, that's roughly an outlook on my, on my physical stuff. Um, and I'm now training for the Austrian Ironman for next year, because I still want, I still have that need to go and to cross that finish line, to have the medal around the neck and hopefully close that chapter. <laughs> class and yeah. for the guys that currently can't see a visual like what sort of weight height strength are you at just because you're not a skinny marathon runner you're a you're a beast do you know what i mean so yeah like what height what weight what what strength numbers are we pulling yeah so um i'm what my six i would say six foot um i am weighing at the moment what is it 84 kg so whatever that is um, in stone. Strength numbers at the moment, I'm trying to hold on to for as long as possible. Um, so dumbbell pressing at the moment, I managed to get a PB, so I'll shout myself out for that one. Um, that was 50 kg dumbbell press. So, so happy with that. Um, and then 100, uh, 110 on the back squat at the moment. Um, round similar for the for the deadlifts. And it's a case now of, you know, and coach. So, uh, you know, Dan Reeve, Um Dan, Dan prepped and coached uh, me and my mate Matt for that GB run. And I, I had an ident identity issue because I couldn't let go. And you'd see me post it as well, the bench press, right? I couldn't let go of this insecure skinny boy that spent years putting on muscle to then go, no, Rob, you need to turn into this skinny ultra endurance runner because you don't you don't need it, right? You look at all the endurance, the, the top high-end athletes, like take um, cycling, for example, right? There is not an inch, like everything is perfect. They're streamlined. They're, they've got the muscle that they need to have and that's it. Um, and I really, really struggled for a lot, for a long period of time. So not, you know, Dan sent me, you know, sent me my program. I'd always find room to chuck in a little bit of bench press, a little bit of something, something. So um, it took me, it took me a while. So I've, I've sort of said with the, with the Ironman coming into next year, um, I still want to hold on to some muscle mass. I, I accept that I could do it better. But I still like to try and hold it and feel and feel strong and feel lean and go and sort of push what I think is possible. So I'm going to try my best. Well, that's the part I want to speak about today. It is like you like I know that you're I, I feel like you're probably being quite hard on yourself because mm. nine, you are better. You have more muscle, more strength than 90 percent of men out there. You know mm. what I mean? And you're doing these crazy feats. And um, even though it's probably not like the your level yeah. when you're at your strongest and best, but like most guys are like on that and he also looks like that how yeah. do I do that what's he even let me know <laughs> so yeah like I suppose on that firstly let's let's backtrack a few bits right? mm. 21 ultra marathons in 21 days like yes. how many miles did you cover in that uh it averaged 33 miles a day which that is 700 miles 650 whatever it's 660 I think Matt's the uh, I say my best mate Matty he's the he's the data man the stat man um I was just point me in the direction and I will run that was, that was, so how I was. like where where how did you where did you run that uh so we so our idea behind it was that we'd run from capital um so from Edinburgh over to to Belfast and down and obviously across to uh to Cardiff and then beyond into into Buckingham Palace so we used you know I'm Edinburgh how did you run over the sea? <laughs> catching catching the mighty ferry dude that was it. <laughs> and then you done Belfast okay so where did you go after Belfast? Uh, so Belfast sorry we came then came down to uh to Dublin yeah 
Yeah, and then um, I can't, again the names of the like the towns and the cities that we went through was incredible, um, and then across into into Cardiff, um, which Wales was just another sort of kettle of fish altogether. That was that was a hairy. Don't get me wrong, like Dublin for me personally was one of the worst, darkest moments I've had, which is which is such a shame. But go for a run around the block. You go for a run around the UK. <laughs> Joe, you know what, dude? Again, it's just it's bonkers, right? And it's like I, I appreciate you know some people are, are learning to run five k and stuff, and that's so cool. And it's the same with us. Like we're just once you get your body used to it and you train for it, like that's that's the key that what I say with my guys. Like you've got to stick at this plan, and, and the things that you can accomplish are insane. To be able to run that distance, I get it, is not normal, but it's just I, I don't know, mate. I'm just fascinated by how the body can operate with the. Yeah, with the stress that you put it under. I remember Dan sort of jumping on Zoom to, to me and Matt saying, listen, lads, I love your enthusiasm, but the odds are you're going to need a, a knee or a hip replacement by the time you're in your 40s because of the amount of damage that you're doing, right? You're just condensing the years of running into this short three-week window. He said, go away and have a think about it and see if you really, really do want to do it. And, you know, me and Matt jumped on the phone straight away like a bunch of excited school kids. I'm like, do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? But hell yeah, let's go. So, like the the costs of these events. Oh, mate, we were we were we were very lucky in a sense of having. Um, so Matt's parents drove around the whole country with us. What, and, I, what I mean by cost was there like the downsides, like the knee or the. Oh, the yeah. Side sorry, side. dude. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, there was. Uh, I've I've got a little bit of a hip issue at the moment. Um, hip ascites or whatever it is. So it's not the end of the world. So actually trying to squat for the first time coming back off that yes that was the end of the world but my knee um I had things go wrong so my my quad I, t- I tore my quad sorry going into into Dublin it, it just went completely so I was hobbling along shuffling along uh, my knee blew up twice the size of, of my right one and it was supposed to be a very you know this this all happened in the space of a, of, of a couple of days um I picked up shin splints so I couldn't actually run four weeks prior to the event um i run that da- run dan to, sorry run dan to say listen i don't think i'm gonna be able to do this i can't I literally i can't run um and with that we just chucked me on the bike for i think sorry it must have been i think it was about six weeks so chucked me on the bike and uh, lo and behold shin spins were never the issue what was the hardest part in the whole let's go with that what was the hardest part in that whole race i think um it was the waking up for me, Matt would potentially say different. So for me, it was waking up, really not wanting to do it. I became quite an isolated figure um, because I think it's the mindset that I had to adopt with Matt. He was able to carry up. Matt's very bubbly like I am. Um, I, I, um, I don't know what I'm trying to think of the word, that sort of withdrawn, actually, in the morning. So I'd wake up and just sort of, fuck, we've got, I've got to do this again. Whereas Matt could carry on chatting and, you know, just watching a little bit of TV in the morning. I was just sat there just scoffing this peanut butter bagel. Still gives me anxiety thinking about it now. So that's all we had on the, uh, before we'd run. Um, so it was the dark times, dude, were just every single morning. I know it sounds like I, I still, I didn't have that belief that I could complete it probably up until the time that we entered um, England, simple as that. So that was the, the, that's how much doubt I had in my head every single run like I'm not gonna be able to carry on we made a rule that we would never speak about our injuries we never say oh how's that ankle or how's that knee that blew up um and I think that helped me tell me about that well like what's the yeah I get it like it's negative but yeah talk, talk to me about that 
about the what the injuries yeah like no the fact that you're like oh we can't like we can't bring up our injuries did you just ignore them and mm. is it like the aspect of you needed some form of hope yeah yeah exactly well uh, that, that was it was to be fair it was it was an unwritten rule we hadn't spoke about it previously we hadn't said that we wouldn't talk about him and me and Matt are very open to each other but it was just something it was, it was hilarious to sort of say that actually once we finished it we both uh, met up the week after and we both went through the same thought process on that first run and I remember it from uh, from Edinburgh because it was just a long canal all the way down to Glasgow and it was horrendous Ben all that hype you've had and you're going okay this is reality now we're now on a canal for the next like five days and all the, that thought process of going what if I leave Matt? What if I can't do it? What if I need to get on the flight home and leave him behind? Well, he had exactly the same thought process. <laughs> what, what if I leave Rob? What if I leave my own parents behind? And I can't and I can't do it. I get injured. Could um, sorry? Could you have done it solo? Or did, is, was oh. the, the peer accountability the thing that got you for it? I would say so. It was it was having it was having Matt on my shoulder every step of the way. Every step of the way. And where he was. Um, he's a super organized individual. He was able to organize our fuel stops after a run. Um, there is no, yeah, I'm, yeah, having having him by my side for the whole entire thing was probably the thing that got me over the line for sure. Yeah. That, that peer accountability, the unspoken aspect of it, like I can't fucking let him down. Like yeah. that is so, 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 so powerful. And mm. when you've got something like that, where it's like you're in a team environment, you're with someone else and you just can't let them down. Like yeah. in these sort of moments you find in your scenario, superhuman levels of effort and drive and you just mm. grit for it, which is class. Yeah. It's, and people say like, what, what did you listen to? What did you talk about? So we didn't really, you know, for for a large period of time, we weren't actually talking. We were just plodding along. But, you know, we'd say everything is something every now and again. We would just focus on getting to our first fuel stop um we got lost a couple of times which was hilarious we got some like there's some incredible memories there that outweigh you know any of the of the pain <laughs> that we went through so like you say to have that that person there that you don't want to let down that was a massive massive driver for me to keep going especially in the dark times like i say where um that quad blew up so it meant rather than running six hours we we, we were running for like seven or eight i was hobbling along um and we just got it done when did you start running? Like you played football. When did mm. uh, when did this whole phase come? When did it start? This phase that you were right. I'm gonna start running and doing endurance. Yeah, I think around sort of early twenties was when I when I did the the Great South Run, which was a ten mile race. Um, and it was such for I don't know if anyone listens to this has ever done it. It was it was just such an incredible day, inspiring all the types of people. Like anyone that tells me that they're a non runner, I'm like, go and watch these events because you've got guys of all different shapes and sizes smashing it. I mean, I got overtaken by a stormtrooper. So it's just an incredibly inspiring thing, dude. And that's where it started. The early 20s, I was like, cool, I, I enjoy this. Mm -hmm. uh, that was something that gravitated me towards towards running. What is it you enjoy about these big events? Uh, I think I enjoy, I've always enjoyed the freedom, the space that it gives me um that's why i enjoy the training days i really do there's there's don't get me wrong there are days that are they're extremely tough but um the events themselves I, I just love i'm addicted to the feeling i really am and i have you know the downside and something that i've got better at is we talk about obviously going through the motions right sometimes you have to go through the motions and tick boxes and in parts of my own fitness journey i have struggled because i think that i should be operating at this type of level and when i've reached the the highs of the gb run um, 
there's nothing after. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I remember finishing that. Everyone was waiting, waiting for us at Buckingham Palace. Family, friends, everyone. And I, was, I was an emotional brick. Um, but got home sort of the, the day after. Mel, my missus, she's gone to work. Family all crack on. And I'm just sat there in the house sort of going, right, got to try and try and gear up now and try and squat, a, do a bodyweight squat for the first time. Yeah. Just- so, yeah. It's a, I, I, yeah. So I'm... I, Going through the motions, dude, is something that I have struggled with, but I appreciate as I've gone through it now, ticking boxes and, and building momentum is such a powerful thing for me um, because you're not always going to be able to complete challenges in life. Sometimes you have just got to survive and, and tick boxes. Um, but for me, doing these challenges is to prove, I suppose, a little bit to myself as well that I'm capable of more. Um, and also sometimes just because I fucking enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, I love it. I'm like... Yeah. What did you think about to get you through the pain cave? Um, I thought about, so my nan passed away. So I was very, very lucky. It, sorry, that's not the right thing to say. Um, my nan passed away on the second run. So she was okay. We didn't really think anything else. She was just in hospital. I managed to say goodbye to her before, but I assumed she'd be at the at the finish line. Um, we then had the terrible first run and Joe Parrish, and Mark as well were there to see us on that second run and came in with what they would describe as the big dick energy. And my nan had passed on that first day. So I got home, finished the first run. It was terrible. Um, and <laughs> excuse me. Um, she was the amazing driving force, the family waiting for me to, to cross that finish line. Um, and she, so whenever I felt down, dark, um, lonely at times, I sort of was just able to go, into the in, into my head and just remember some 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 amazing amazing memories. And I just thought my mum said on the phone to me, she goes, "Just finished for Nan," and that's sort of the emotion that I had there every day that I didn't want to get up. <laughs> but trust me, I wanted to get get on get in that taxi and go home. Um, I thought, you know, how cool would it be if she was looking down for me to see that I had had completed it? That's my like, just it's crazy if I like when you find meaning how much you mm. can sort of dig in like mm. how much what you can do when you've got a meaning towards uh, an activity towards something like just i'm sure you never ever thought that you would ever do something like that i did no i'm not um i know everyone says like i like say you're not like talented or whatever like I, I never was you know i'm dyslexic i struggled in school um like we said average average at football like just average at sports i just enjoy them all like give me a racket i'll, I'll be okay at tennis or something but um i suppose deep down yeah i've wanted to push myself more because i i, I felt you know average all my life um and where i'd just again just very lucky i, I do count myself lucky in that sense that i have gravitated towards sports and things so I do take to it naturally. You know, I'm, I'm fully aware that it, I, I find it nice to get up and to to move and to do exercise because I, I appreciate the benefits it gives me. One thing that uh, Joe said to me before I'd done uh, my ultras is like, off the back of this, you'll be a different man. Mm. So I'd love to know, how are you different after that challenge? Um, great question. You? How am I different? Um, I believe uh, my belief... Is, has obviously evolved in in a certain sense that I know full well that if I go through dark times that I can pull myself out of them. Um, I would say that is the first, whether that's business, whether that's personal life or whatever, I know that I can 
I've always been guilty of, especially in the past when I was sort of a teenager, full of hot air, full of saying that I would stick to something and never achieve it. Like full of bigger, I talk a lot. I've got a lot of energy and I'd be full of a lot of shit as well when I was younger. And I hated it. I hated it. I hated who I became. Um, so the fact that I know now that I've built this inner trust, I suppose, with myself is is one of the coolest things. I'm, I'm I'm sort of proud, if that makes sense. I'm proud of the man that I've grown into, that I know for well that if I say something, like a challenge or whatever, that, that I am going to do it because I have that inner belief with me now. Mm. And how is it showing up outside of fitness? How is it- um, oh, what a question. How is it showing up outside of fitness? I wouldn't really know how to, how to answer it, dude, to be fair. Yeah. Um, just... But it just filters again, just talking about the belief thing, it just filters into um, you know, me and uh, me and my other half male were trying for a baby this year, and just the belief that, that I've had, and that that's filtering into to sort of our relationship. Um, I think, sorry, just know like good things will come your way. Yeah, that's that's how I feel, yeah. And I've, I've been very guilty in the past of just assuming life should be always great. Mm-hmm. And there should never be any downtime. There should be never any negatives. Um, and it's definitely, you know, with all the endurance stuff, it's definitely taught me that, no, life is going to chuck some shit at you. Um, and I'll be completely honest, Ben, like, you know, the sacrifice that I had to have inside Jungle Fit, right, when I went away, I was so naive to the fact that this would be put on the back burner. I assumed that I would be able to do, I know this is going to sound bonkers, that I'd be able to do client check-ins whilst I was running and tick over everything. <laughs> like, what was I even, like, I'd be able to do a few Zoom calls, like, at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> absolute idiot! Like, what were you thinking? Um, you were sitting saying about like um, uh, talking and thinking like, if that was me, I wouldn't even want to waste energy. I no. wouldn't even want to like, I wouldn't want to move my mouth. I no. would, I'd want to be preserving every single ounce of energy possible. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think, I think um, as well, mate. Just moving into sort of like the personal life is that as a I see myself as now of a role model, right? As people to sort of look up to, whether that's in the family, um, clients as well, obviously. I like being a leader that is a man of action. That look at look at Rob, look what only because of what he, you know, he said something that he was going to do and he's done it. And that's why I want people now to sort of think of me, rather than being that guy that was just full of, you know, full of shit, full of hot hair, say do something and never did it. And like for that, because this is this is like elite level of endurance, like absolutely like unheard of. I'm sure, with, like, is there any records like of you, that you broke in? Like, in the we tried, we tried, we <laughs> we tried to get hold of um, the Guinness Book of Records, but but they said because there was too much logistical stuff to go on, uh, like they wouldn't be able to. They, yeah, they wouldn't be able to um, to put it through. So. Um, yeah, it was just we're, we're fully aware. Like it was, it was elite, elite level. But at the same time, like you know, I came back home, and after a month, I went back to do um, the park run, which is only like a five k, right? And um, I'm running in it, going, "God, this feels horrible. I don't think I can run any further." Is it? <laughs> well, th- this is the the point I was getting to. Like I was running yesterday with my girlfriend, her first ever run. She's doing a five k on the twenty sixth of November. So, yeah. like, for someone that's maybe aiming for their first five k, half marathon, marathon, like. What advice do you give them? Like you've been through it all. What do you, what would you say for them to believe in themselves and then think that they can do it? And mm. think right, I can find the time to make it happen. Like we're all busy. Like, yeah, what yeah. would be your yeah. advice? 
I think for anyone listening, like it's it's a case of number one, why? Why do you want to run? You've really got to figure it out because I've seen people try and force themselves into running. And I'm a I'm a believer that like not everyone is, is meant to run. Like you can't, you could if you wanted to, deep down, but if, if that in a like why isn't there and you haven't taken the time to figure out why it is that you want to complete a 5k, then it's going to make it extremely difficult to to get out when the when the going's tough, right? The hardest thing we always say, the hardest thing is lacing up your trainers because once you're out the front door, you've won that battle in a sense, you know, that that inner conversation that you're going, I'm too tired, I can't be asked today. It's dark, it's raining, it's yeah, it's horrible. That that's the the first thing that I would say. Um and it's consistent it, it's the boring stuff, right? And I know Ben you probably talk about it all the time. It's it's showing up and putting it in regardless. Like I I've never annoyed with clients that that give me feedback and say listen rob i went out for the 5k but i only managed to get 3k done and my voice just got the better of me and i've turned around and came out well at least you gave it a go at least you've gone out the front door and given it a go but i would say that's the most important thing and it's being consistent it is being consistent it's it's weight training as well it's getting that's the biggest difference that i saw um weight training in relation to running was just Oh, you could ju- you just run the way I can describe it is you just run so much stronger, which I know sounds bonkers when you're running, but um, people obviously tend to. Oh, I need to be a runner, so I'm not going to bother doing any, any weight training. But if you can blend the two, possibilities are endless. But again, it's, it's all the it's all the other stuff that goes with it, right? It's it's sleep, it's recovery. Um, so on that point about uh, achieving a. Uh, performance feet that you've never hit before and then also like lifting and things what would you say to the individual that wants to look better that wants to strip off 20-30 pounds but also as well wants to do these events like how do they do it do they do one at a time do they like what are your tips for it what have you got clients to do like yeah yeah no no, no straight. I think it's um one thing at a time is what I would say especially when you're first starting out right because it's I, I'm very like oh I want to do I want to do loads of things and I've been guilty then you sort of like you scatter your energy and then you never really excel in one area. So I think you'll know, you'll know deep down what it is that you want to do first. Like if it's a case of like, you want to lose some body fat, then that's the stage you go at. There's always going to be time to then go and do a marathon. There's always going to be time, but you could get yourself in that position. Like if you were going to, if you felt overweight, you felt sluggish now, then to go and do a challenge straight away could be a little bit overwhelming when why not try and get as fit, as strong, as powerful as you can possibly be? And then look at the challenge later down the line. And what about if someone's not willing to accept that? They're just <laughs> like, right, doing both. Yeah, doing both. Yeah, well, then, then again, that sounds like the petulant teenager Rob, like that went to, <laughs> went to run that great South run because he, he just assumed that because he played a little bit of football that he could that he could do it all. Um, and it was hard. Uh, work yeah how'd that go terrible absolutely yeah. terrible there's there's a, there's a video that's gone that's gone up and it's uh i think my dad's filming it and it's me walking home like with just like peg leg couldn't bend my knees because i was so impatient again another a weakness of mine is i'm impatient like i want to go i want to go and do it i want to do it now um i think there's a really valuable point here because there is definitely a massive trend with people doing marathons doing half marathons and stuff and it's 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 so amazing to see, but mm. there is a difference between forcing yourself through one of these events and actually performing through one of these events. Mm. And of course, like especially with like people saying, "Oh, I can hit a sub twenty minute five k, a ninety minute half marathon, all these things." 
like when you see it, like it's important to sort of bear in mind the downsides. Like if you 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 said earlier on that you're uh, running the ultras and stuff, the mm-hmm. British run, that that would the downside is possibly a knee a knee replacement or a hip replacement. Yeah. For at this lower level of a half marathon, a marathon, a really fast five k, ten k, could be a week of not walking after a fast five k. It could be um a marathon where you 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 get energy dumped for a two to three days. So it's yeah. like I suppose like the point that I would like to highlight to people is is like of course like the human body is really adaptable and you've got a bigger engine than what you think. Mm-hmm. But if it's not conditioned, trained for, you've got a strategic plan, eight to twelve, sixteen weeks before, it's not performing. It's just struggling no. for a marathon. Struggling for and I like I'm actually this Saturday I haven't run and I I've just been doing boxing and my strength training and mm-hmm. I agreed to do a ten uh ten miler with some clients. I know I won't be performing for that. I'll get for it, but I'll not yeah. be performing. So I think like just for people generally that they can ask themselves right did i struggle grit through that or did i perform for it yeah and also you want to develop like right it's all about um having a great connection with things mm. i if, if, if you like say if you go all in and you you put your body through something that it's not ready for the odds are you're going to struggle through it and you're going to end up having a terrible time and you can see that, right? You go to any of these events, you can see the people that have trained for things versus the people that haven't. And it's almost like you're doing yourself a disservice because like for people that say they're a non-runner, I'm like, if you follow a training program that's for, for running and you cross that finish line and you still go, you know what, it's not for me, then cool. But it's these it's, it's people that go out and expect that they can run this, this, this thing of assuming that they can go out and run a 5K. I'm like, you are on your feet running for probably a minimum of half an hour. And you just want to go straight into a 5K because you assume you have this expectation and assume because the world's told us that we should be able to run a 5K. Mm. Or the guys that want to go out and run 5K as fast as they can and their average heart rate's like 200 mile an hour. The calves are like blowing up and they're like just absolutely done and go, oh, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't, I don't like that. Well, that's not the way to run. Yeah, 100%. So. It brings, a quote comes up for me that when you're speaking there, Mm. it's uh don't check what what was it oh just it's don't put free checks that the body can't cash and that's what you're doing is it's like when you're going and doing that yes you're putting for a, a check you're going for it but the body can't uh the body the, the body physically isn't at that conditioned level just yet yeah. um and it's it's kind of as well knowing when you're picking your battles. Like obviously you knew, right? I've never done six hundred miles for uh, twenty one days in a row, but yeah. you've done a big, big, big level base before performing, and you were accepting yeah. that's that's I'm I'm going to levels that I've never been at before. And yeah, so it's building up that base before. Yeah, and I think um, yeah, we were training for a year and a half before we went into this event. Yeah. So we we had to take it that seriously. But again, we we developed that relationship. Like if either of us had not really enjoyed running and said so we we're going to do a running event, it would have just been been crazy. But the fact that we, you know, we went at it, we we hired Dan, who was just incredible throughout. Um 
and we needed we needed that someone. We needed someone that had been there and done it previously. And we didn't want to let him down either as well. That that, that became apparent because he put so much effort into into getting us there. Um, I mean, the guy even turned up. <laughs> he turned up for a run on, on his bike. Um, and his his wheel blew a puncture. So he decided rather than um, wait for a, a taxi or whatever, he decided to pick up his bike and just run alongside with us. <laughs> well done on that. <laughs> what a guy. What a, what a human. What a human. But as Dan would say, I think one of the biggest things that, that I learned, and um, it was recovers, sorry, recover as hard as you train. Mm. Especially as guys like in our 30s as well, whether we hate to admit it, we slow down a little bit. Um, and I noticed like we were going to that to every sort of level that we could to recover one hundred percent. And it's you know, and that doesn't mean you have to be extreme with all the ice baths and things that are out at the moment, which is fine. Um, but your recovery could just be like the power of sleep. It could just be sleeping better. It doesn't have to be all you know, we're not all athletes at the end of the day. I'm not a professional athlete. So it's just, for me, I love sleep. And I, the, the power of that is just ridiculous. So it could be just one little thing that you think that you need to work on. How did your physique change during those, that year and a half? Um, lost a lot. I can't remember the exact exact amount. So um, naturally, with the amount of mileage that we were doing, the weight was dropping. Um, and the physique, I mean, I've got a picture in the studio that I'm at now, and I look so... I looked like my 16-year-old self again. It was bonkers. Um, Did it take long to get the muscle back? It took me, I would say, um, a good a good year. I'm going to be honest. This isn't something that that's, um, I was able to turn around because I had so many ups and downs of of trying to get back into the gym, hating it, um, really struggling to get going again. So it took me a while to build up some some momentum. Um, but yeah, I would say a good, a good a good year's worth of training, and I feel that I'm now well potentially. There's no potentially about it. I'm squatting. Um, sorry, my, my numbers are as good as they've ever been. Um, and like I say, now's the challenge and the time for me to go. Cool. Can I try and hold on to these numbers whilst whilst the uh, the Iron Man ticks over? So we shall wait and see. The last question, Rob. Right. Yeah. What advice would you give to Rob 10 years ago that wants to be an absolute, wants to look like a savage and wants to be a savage? Like wants to build a strong looking, robust body and also mm. wants to do these crazy challenges and really push his performance? Mate, there's, uh, apart from, you know, the basics, right? Whether we say train consistently, eating well, the amount of protein, and I'm sure all the guys and girls have heard this previously, but I think the first thing I would say is be kind to yourself, right? We are not professional athletes, so therefore aiming to try, and this is how I used to think, and I would get really down on myself, like 100%. I need to be all in with everything, and that is the workouts, the diet, the sleep, and as soon as I would start to slip up, I'd be very down on myself. And I, yeah, obviously we're all our, our own harshest critic, right? So what I would say is shoot for, excuse me, um, shoot for 80% because 100% gives you no leeway whatsoever. And as soon as that mindset changed, I began to enjoy, like, enjoy it more, right? Because you have that leeway. Oh, no, I've, I've ticked three out of five workouts this week because I had other stuff going on. That's That's cool. That's fine. But we need to look at the bigger picture, which is why I've always been a massive, a massive fan of, and I know me and you have spoken about this previously, Ben, of having some fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about the training side of things. I'm talking about the stuff that exists outside because we are more than just our body, mm-hmm. right? We are way more. Our bodies will naturally decline as we get older, right? And we're going to fight it for as long as we can. But I've been caught up in the past of going, 
how I look defines me. Don't get me wrong, I like how I look now, but I fully appreciate that's 10% of, of me. So what is it, you know, what is it you do for fun? Because I'm guaranteeing now people that struggle, that are struggling, and I know that I've gone through phases, I can look back and go, I wasn't having any fun. Like, and that, you know, gravitates to what you do. Like, I love films, I love going for walks, um, playing sports, like all that, all that different type of stuff, playing the PlayStation. Like it's, I still need to have that element in there. So I would say I lost track of that when I first started because I was trying to be this professional athlete when I wasn't a professional. Mm, so you would tell them just to really take it a lot easier, be up, not be so hard on yourself and have more fun along the journey. Yeah, because it's going to last, right? What's the what's the point? Like, I'm all for for smashing it and trying to hit PBs with like like say for example, someone's trying to do a marathon now, but you're going to sacrifice a lot, right? For for people, a lot of it, people are sacrificing time, and you've got to work out: is it really worth sacrifice? For for me, the answer is you know for the majority of stuff that I've done is yes, it's worth it. But I still need to have all those other elements in place. I still need to be able to have some fun and switch switch down. I call it not switching off. I'm going to ask a follow-up question off the yeah. back of that. Let's say someone listening to this is an individual that talks himself out of things rather than into things. You sound like the guy, the guy is like, I, I talk myself into too much. Yeah. Why would you, uh, like from the past, what you said, yeah. what advice would you give them so that they come off this podcast and they're like, you know what, I can, like, I'm going to talk myself into what I really can do. Yeah, I think that there's a few things, right? It's uh, it's writing things down. Um, but I thought that it was the Mel Robbins book. Was it? The th- it's either the three second or the five second rule. Sorry, um, but really made a massive difference for me. Like, it doesn't work for everybody, whatever. But for me, it did, and it was a case of every time you've got that, the moment you're going, I can't do this or whatever. I'm not going to be able to get out. I'm too tired. Is to go three, two, one, go. And I know that sounds bonkers, but it just it just worked for me. It stopped me overthinking. And it made me go go out and get it done. Other things like making it so, so, making your environment so easy that it's almost impossible, right? Not to, like having uh, having your running trainers ready to go rather than having them stored away. Everything has got to be easy. Like me in the morning, I'm like a military operation. Like I've got my, my clothes there, my work uniform, call it whatever you will. I've got my gym gear. Like for people that can't see me now in the studio, um, I'm on the spin bike today because I'm using it for, for Ironman training. Well, I haven't got my bike but all my cycling stuff is over in that corner. Mm. Like with my bottles ready to go. So I'm not having, because I know once I'm finished with Ben, if I was to go back into, into home and sit down for a sec, half an hour, an hour will go by and I haven't done anything. Mm. So I suppose what I'm trying to say the most roundabout way there, mate, is environment is is key. Make stuff easy for yourself. Make it easier. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. I think one, one more bit I want to pick up on in terms of performance. I don't think enough guys get this when they go in the gym or whatever, but what is your expectation each day that you're going in? Because it's going to change, right? Sometimes you're going to be more str- – and I think this is something that I've seen over over my my time being a PT. Um, guys will come in and ex- just expect themselves to operate at that level that they've hit. So say, call it like a 80 kg bench press that they did last week, right? And they come in, but they're, they haven't slept well. They're more stressed than what they usually are, yet they've got this expectation that they should try and hit the PB again. Mm. That's not always going to be the case. There are so many factors that go into how we perform. So if for anyone listening, if you haven't slept well, if you are more stressed than what you usually are, there is nothing going wrong and going, you know what, my expectation today in the gym is to move and to get a sweat on and to feel good and to walk out and to get a pump. We guys, we love getting a little bit of a pump. There's nothing wrong with that. 
and know that you've ticked the box, cool, I'll come back tomorrow. It might be a better day. I might sleep better. But I think that's the the expectation thing needs to be managed each week and have an agenda each time you enter the gym or go out for a run. What is this run? What am I getting out of this run today? Is it to go and hit a PB or is it just to go and run just to fit? Because you can. Like this, this is my belief with running, right? If you run well and run properly, a large portion of your runs should be the slow heart rate, slow, steady plods. They can be nice. <laughs> so, yeah. And where can all the guys find you, Rob? Uh, mainly Instagram tends to be the one that I gravitate towards most. So it's just Rob Dunlop with a little underscore at the end. Um, that's where I tend to hang out and have a little bit of fun, be me, have energy. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Tell the guys a little bit about your coaching too. Uh, so yeah, so I run, um, I've got two businesses. So I've got Jungle Fit, which is my um, in-person practical stuff. And then I've got the Built for Anything program, which is helping guys and girls get lean, strong and perform at their very best. So it's... Uh, an incredible job for sure. Awesome. I really appreciate you coming on. And guys, I hope listening to this, you are literally ready to run through walls, <laughs> ready to fucking break barbells, <laughs> lift so heavy. And guys, if you can, give us a massive uh, shout out on your stories. And um, if there's anything you want to follow Rob up with, follow up. But I hope that this has really inspired you. It's definitely inspired me. I didn't realize 660 miles. <laughs> literally, jog around the park. People, you're jogging around the UK. Absolutely. Fucking <laughs> really, really appreciate your time, brother. Thanks, and no worries, dude. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much.